Hey guys, welcome to Two Broke for Therapy, a podcast where we are not therapists and we're 20 somethings that put our phones down every week to discuss life's problems. This week we have my best friend, Austin. Farley, that's your correct name, Austin Farley. Farley? Yeah. Farley? Yeah. One of my Farley. best friends. Farley, yeah, Farley, Farley, Fairly, Gnarly, who, who knows. And yeah, we discuss a bunch of different things from what characters on Game of Thrones we would be, to stimulants in the bedroom, to watching porn with the significant, to a lot of other weird questions like style and stuff like that. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just happy that, I mean, we said it a lot throughout the podcast. Thank you guys, everybody who subscribed. We just passed 1,000 subscribers this past week. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, we're at 1,150. We said that we'd keep doing this if there was 10 people that were listening to us. And now to think that there's over 1,000, this is, this is a really cool moment for us. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah. Uh, this week is extremely interesting. Um, I'm really happy that we brought Austin on the show. And I think, Steve, we uh, actually missed one part of the show. We kind of forgot to set our goals, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we never really talked about our goals, so let's do that right now. Uh, just as a confession for me, I've actually regressed quite a bit on the weight loss thing. I was right around 13 pounds. I, I am sick right now, if you couldn't tell by my voice, but I definitely... Um, I'm only like eight pounds now, so I've like you know gained five back, but I've also been living a more uh, levacious. Is that a word? Levacious? No, uh, no one knows. Um, I've been living more of like a um, indulgent lifestyle. You know, I'm I'm with a lot more people that I I wouldn't usually be with, and I do what they want to do. I'm doing what the social norm is in that group. So I've definitely taken a step back, but um, now that I know that, I'm going to work this week really hard to sharpen it up a bit. And what about you? Uh, we've got something coming up, right? Yeah, this week we got your birthday coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week on the 28th, we have Xander Wave. In the mix. In the mix on SoundCloud playing 2 Bro for 24, Papa Steve's B-Day Bash. But my goal was definitely to get Xander Wave a paid gig. So this is definitely helping the way towards there, but I am... Um, Steve, I feel a lot more uh, in your shoes. I'm, I'm really regressing here. I'm not really, like, paving any new paths. So well, I just want to give you an update. This is our two-monther. So this is actually the eighth episode of the podcast, so this oh, wow. will be two months of us doing this. So And we said three months. Three months, yeah. Four goals a year. So, you know, maybe maybe uh, hone down. Yeah, lock it I'll, down. I'm, I'm going to hit the ground running. Yeah, great. So let's get into the episode, guys. Uh, we... Don't start with on some real shit. We actually yeah, uh, save, spend, that for, save that for, for the end, which is actually kind of cool. So we dive straight into your guys' questions. You guys can always submit questions at twobrokefortherapy.com. And I, I appreciate it. Thank you guys again for listening and submitting questions. And like Ben said, I think this week is, is awesome. So thank yeah. you again, Austin, for coming on. You can oh, audibly sorry. speak. You know, this, is a, this isn't a <laughs> podcast. You can't just for nod. Sure. Yes. Yeah, oh. for sure. For sure. And uh, anything to add, Ben? We are not therapists. And I had... A good amount of wine. Hollywood <laughs> 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 
The Chardonnay corner is way more chill. There's a fridge over there. <laughs> but you're a Prosecco guy. Yeah. So what, is, what does that entail? We don't know what champagne is. So Prosecco is just sparkly wine? Yeah, from... Uh, from Prosecco, I think. It's a Prosecco um, place. Do you mix it with orange juice? You tend to like mix it with different juices. Like um, Orangina or Orangina. Or Orangina, I think orangina. is the, the correct pronunciation. <laughs> orangina. Yeah, Orangina Pellegrino. I, I was at a sandwich shop today and the, uh, they had orange ginas and the guy was literally like, isn't it Orangina? And I was like, that's what I always call it. In my head. Yeah, <laughs> Regina, Regina, it's all the same stuff. It's yeah. bubbly. It's bubbly. We actually had a great, we went to brunch uh, a couple weeks ago and we bought a bottle of champagne because the, the wait was like an hour, but we were committed. And we just uh, poured up champagne in the like, to-go cups or something. We had like yeah, a bunch two vitamin <laughs> water bottles. Two empty vitamin yes. water bottles and um, we had tangerine uh, San Pellegrino soda. Great mimosas. Definitely for street awesome. mimosas, that was some like thug mimosa. I got it for myself, but... But we all but, split it because yeah. we're all friends. <laughs> uh, speaking of friends, uh, we're going to have a show coming up uh, at the 28th. We're going to have my birthday party. Yeah. Um, Two Broke for Therapy and friends are putting on my birthday. Sam's going to be mixing Xanderwave in the in the hip-hop mix, playing some internet jams. Yeah. Guys, check out the Facebook event. We just put it up. It's a public event. Public. We, we decided to go public, not private. Yeah, just, you know, we went public, guys, invest. Yeah. So check it out. Uh, it's Right now it's Two Broke X... 24. Yeah, two broke for 24. Yes. Or X, which is like, yeah. you know, the MS for. Yeah, collab. Combined by. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We did it two weeks ago when we had Sace Mayo, and you guys heard us talk about that last week, and this is kind of going to be the same kind of thing, but with hopefully a lot more people, and just, you know, we really want to pack it out. This is what we've not been building to, but this is like the third iteration of what we've done, so every time it's going to get better, and I'm really looking forward to, to this time around, because I think we're really going to nail it. Me too. So yeah, and Austin, thank you again for being on the show, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's great. You've been on the show before. Thanks for not being so drunk, like I said. We're, we're, we're all rock and white wine. What is this? Is this the Chardonnay, or is this, yeah, this is the Chardonnay. I, I have moved on to the... The Sauve Blanc? The Sauve Blanc. Okay, great. Great year? What year is that? Uh, 1876. Wow, we're killing it, guys. No, it's, a, no. it's 2011. 2011? Hey, not, not a bad year either. First year of school. Uh, if you got a bottle from 1876. Yeah, that would be, uh, for $9.99, that would be the biggest yeah, purchase you, uh... score of the year. So this is the part of the show where we get into the questions. Thank you guys so much for submitting questions over the past week. We've gotten quite a bit. And, yeah, we're going to dive into it. You can always submit questions at twobrokefortherapy.com. You can always tweet at us at TBFT Podcast and submit questions there as well. And, yeah, thank you guys so much. It's been a very uh, supportive weekend. Like we said in the intro, we made it to our goal. This is the eighth podcast. And yes, by 10, I wanted 1,000. And now we're at about 1,150, the numbers that came Woo-hoo. back today. So we did it. Let's cheers to that. Some wine. Bah! Bang. And very excited. So thank you guys for spreading the word. We got there, and we hope to continue to grow. But at least for now, I'm happy. And let's pour up some more wine and dive into the questions. So the first question, Ben, do you want to ask it? would love to ask it. It's actually kind of funny. I saw the person writing this out. Really? Yeah. Mish. Mish. Big Mish. <laughs> they call uh, Mish. Exactly. We do, actually. Ooh. We do call her Big Mish. She's small, though. I think I've met her. She's small, but she's... She... Big attitude. Her personality <laughs> is uh, large. Yes. Uh, Big Mish asked us. Uh, her title is "Deep Questions or Not." What is your spirit animal and why? Where is your favorite place in the entire world, or maybe top two? If there is a sentimental value in the place, please explain. My spirit animal. 
I want it to be a lion, but I feel like I'm more like a turtle. Why? I just love turtles. But, like, sometimes I feel like I'm, like, courageous like a lion. But then at other times, like the... You'd rather recoil? No, I would just, like, rather ride the current and just, like... I just feel like turtles are dope animals. They are cool animals. They're slow. They take it slow. They survive I, a long time. You had a, tur- a tortoise? I did have a tortoise. A tortoise? How long did that uh, tortoise live for? Uh, see, so we adopted him. First off, his name was Rocky. Rocky. After Rocky Balboa. Of course. Uh, we adopted him after another family didn't want it anymore. And it was like my first pet. It was a really an- easy animal to take care of. But uh, we never really got the f- exact age, but you can count the rings on the shell and like... Determine it from there. So we determined he was around like ninety, uh, and then years. Course, yeah, in like turtle years or like in, in like in like yeah, he was desert tortoise. I'm pretty sure they're actually endangered, and I wasn't allowed to actually have him. Okay, like a ferret situation. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think by the time he passed, he was just under a hundred years old. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. He was such a gangster. He loved lettuce. <laughs> he loved lettuce. He loved roses, and he loved um, perfume. Like, oh, wow. if any girls were wearing perfume, he'd, like, walk up to them and, like, their ankles and, like, try and, like, you know, Snack his them. best way, like, reach up. Oh, he loved bananas, too. He loved them? He was also a real runner. Like, he'd, like, get out and he'd fucking start booking it. A lot of photos taken with him. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. Wow. 90-year-old turtle. So, yeah, I would say you're pretty resilient. I would say that you're also a, a, a safe person, a rock in a lot of a friend groups. So, yeah. you know, reliable. I actually think it comes from my need to always be prepared Hmm. you know in any situation i always want to have everything at my disposal i don't really want to ask somebody like hey can i borrow your pencil no i want to have a black blue and red pencil yeah pen whatever (laughs) like i always want to have everything on deck so i think that's that's where it comes from interesting i I would describe myself as a as a bear that's where i fit in in the uh, gay community as well um i sleep a lot i really enjoy my hibernation i also think that uh, i'm a little bit more aggressive than people give me credit for I think I could get pretty flustered pretty quickly, and you know me, I love catching some fish. It's a great, it's a great time all the time. And also, you know, might as well be associated with a bear. I'm a pretty hairy boy as well. I've got hair from head to toe, back, front, legs, arms, side arm, to side, side to side. I'm, I'm there. You could, you could skin me and make me a, a carpet if you wanted to. You know, lay, lay me down, do something on top of me. Uh, but I, I'd give my I'd give myself uh, the, the bear quality. I've always associated myself with a bear. My dad called me Little Bear when I was growing up. So, you know, kind of really fit in this uh, this community. Uh, find me on gro- uh, Growler. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag uh, Papa Cub. Um, what, what kind of animal do you think you are? Um, I'd probably say a meerkat. Um, a meerkat. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's seen Meerkat Mansion or Meer- Meerkat Manor, Manor um, is that a documentary? No, it's just a show. About meerkats? Yeah. How many episodes could they produce? There's, like, seasons. Oh, Um, wow. Kind of, like, documents, like, their life. Um, You know, people who sort of, like, lead the little group. There's always, like, somebody on the lookout. Um, You know, people on the inside taking care of everybody in the tunnels and everything. So just having that constant state of awareness is sort of where I get, like, my identification with the meerkat. Do you think that there's a meerkat population in America, or is it strictly Africa? Um, I don't know if it's strictly Africa. Okay. Timon was the meerkat in Lion King, right? Pumbaa was the... Timon was, yeah. He yeah. was a meerkat. Meerkat and, meerkat like and, a, and a boar. A yeah, hog, boar, yeah. yeah. You know. Hakuna Matata, guys. <laughs> you know what that means? No. No worries. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you have a childhood? <laughs> I um, did have a childhood. Great. Um, and then the second part of the question is, what's your favorite place in the world? And why? 
and does it have like a sentimental value? I mean, is it wrong to say a restaurant? No, you could say a restaurant. That's yeah. Literally, my favorite place in the world is Fiesta Grill yeah. on 17th Street, in Huntington Beach. Eating Mexican food there. Can't relate. Then you need to go next you, time. Yeah, next, next time, time one of us goes, you got to come with us because it, it's like the first thing I tell people to do when they go there. Even yeah. people who live there, I'm like, you've been to Fiesta Grill, right? And they say, no, I was at Chronic Tacos my whole life. I'm like, bro, no, you you fucked up. Yeah. Anyway, Fiesta Grill, that, that's a secret for sure. Yeah, that's like my happy place. And my sentimental value is that I've just been eating there since I was a small child. I started liking Mexican food there. I didn't like, I was a really picky eater as a kid. I really liked Mexican food after that. Yeah, speaking of my birthday, that's like where I had my first like seven birthdays. Carlos, shout out to Carlos. Hey. You should uh, you should come down for Comic Con. I know you're a Temecula boy. You should come over and uh, hang out in San Diego and maybe hit Huntington Beach for a day. Oh. Maybe we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty boring place, but I think a day in Huntington Beach is always fun. You know, it's, a, it's a good time. Two days, you can do everything. Yeah, you can do everything. Literally. Yeah. So I, that's how, when, every time I go home, I'm like, after three days, I'm like, fuck, cool. I need to go back yeah. home, like up here, which is my favorite place uh, transitioning to me. I, I love San Francisco. I think out of everywhere I've been, you know, which isn't that many places, but I really feel like this is home. Like the first hour I spent here was one of the best hours of my life. And from that moment, I've kind of been chasing that fucking high of like, I love this place. So I want it to keep like going and it stimulates me and it makes me feel like very driven as well. And it's a place that not a lot of people can live and survive because it is kind of so expensive. So the grind is also very real. And for the most part, it's just a great, very liberal, very open city. And I think that this is a city filled with literally 95% of nice people. Avoiding the marina, of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I welcome it. I love it. I'm so glad to live here. And uh, I never really plan to leave. And if I do... New York isn't a bad second option, too, since we're allowed to give to. But it is way more aggressive. Mm -hmm. One of the top destinations that I want to visit would be Australia. Why? Um, just because the Aborigines, they play the didgeridoo. Oh, you love the didge. <laughs> My dad, is a, he's an avid didgeridooer, or a didger. Um, <laughs> a didger? Is that, is that a derogatory? that's a thing, but I'm going to make it a thing. Oh, can man. I, can I get a little explanation? Yeah, a, a didgeridoo is like that instrument that I'll do my didgeridoo impersonation. It's like... <laughs> that is a didgeridoo. If you ever hear, it's a big fucking log that you blow into. But it's like a naturally um, hollowed out log by termites. So it's um, it's usually um, made out of eucalyptus, but some people make it out of other different types of trees, um, even bamboo. Um, but what makes them special is like the art. Um, it's kind of like a canvas for um, like native artists. Uh. Um, so if you can kind of get, like, a respectable artist to um, either, like, paint or draw on your didgeridoo, it increases its value, even though it's just, like, a hollow, like hollowed-out piece of wood. You know, I heard so, um, Melbourne in Australia is a very similar city to San Francisco. Like, technically-driven city as well as a big city for uh, young people in Australia, and it's also a coast city as well, and a port, so... Mm -hmm. Very cool. You should go to Australia. It's so expensive. Yeah, gotta get that passport. Got it. You don't have a passport? No. Oh man, we gotta work on that. <laughs> we gotta figure that out. I want to go to Vancouver soon. We gotta go to Vancouver. I know for summer. Yeah, that's a that's a. I want to do like Portland, Seattle, Vancouver. Just Ooh. do a long coastal drive. Come back down. Spend like a week and a half, a oh, week out. Airbnb or Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. Airbnb, motherfucking spot, and just like live. I've got a place to stay in Seattle. Vancouver would be dope. Our friend Tori is a big advocate for Vancouver. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Cool. So 
I'll read the next question. Thank you guys. Thank you, Mish, for submitting that question. I like yeah. talking about animals and places to go and stuff. Like I think that. I think Mish would be a good person to bring on the show. I'll, no, she would be. We'll, we'll, we'll bring her out. I let her into a venue once. I what walked up. I walked up, and I, I was did like, you? Michelle, and she was like, "That's me." <laughs> uh, yeah, she had a lot of people with her. So the next question comes from I am Yonsei. I believe this is uh, B Yonsei. I am Yonsei. Does that make any sense? Maybe. So Beyonce. I am Yonsei. Oh. That's like a thing I like to tell myself, so maybe that this person knows what I'm talking about. I am Yonsei. Beyonce. You get it? it? You like I'm, it? I'm just so happy people are putting names for themselves. That was really hard trying yeah. to come up for names for people. I think we have to come up with a couple names later, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Oh, no. uh, so the subject is eh. And the message reads, hey guys, I've been in a relationship with a guy for the last month. Recently he asked me how often I masturbate. Ugh. I told him <laughs> maybe every other day. His follow-up question was, do you watch porn? And I said occasionally. He then got really upset and basically said I was cheating on him. What should I do? He's been super pissy and won't return my text, and I feel like I'm dating a child. Please help. Thank God this is anonymous. P.S. P.S. <laughs> Thank God this is anonymous. Um, I'll, I'll start. Do you think that, like, masturbation is kind of a way of cheating on people? I don't think that it's, uh, it's like that at all, right? I don't think it's cheating. I just think it's just using different mediums of stimulation to, you know, get yourself off. Yeah, and I mean, it's a private thing. It's a personal thing, right? It's not like you're having someone come over and watch you masturbate or something. That might be mm-hmm. classified as cheating. Yeah. But also, masturbation is, you know, as Woody Allen said, sex with somebody that I love. You know, it's a very personal time, a very private time, and it's like, you know, if you're in a relationship, sometimes you want to get off in another form, and it's also better not to cheat on somebody. So I don't think this is a form of cheating at all, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think the guy that you're dating is just a, a dickhead or maybe very self-conscious and is like, you're watching people fuck online. It's like, dude, I watch Game of Thrones every Sunday. I'm watching people fuck, kill, <laughs> cheat, all this shit. Like, you know, and that gets me off, baby. Game of Thrones. Love it. Hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you guys have any comments? I think that I just masturbation and the whole porn sphere. First off, sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> it's just like such a private area. It really doesn't matter like, your partner really shouldn't care about what you do in that space. Yeah, exactly. Like, being in a relationship is a public thing, and everything should be in the public sphere. There are some private things that you have to share, and things happen, like, if you guys, like, watch each other, like, go to the bathroom. Yeah. You know? That should happen. there, literally. Or, like, when somebody's just, like, uncontrollably sick, and you gotta really take care of them, like, that's a private thing, to, like, see them at their worst, but, like, masturbation and porn is just, like, that's so uniquely them, and I really shouldn't feel like it should be contemplated by the partner or just even like he should really even hold it against you i mean i understand that he's like a little bit like fuck man i want to have sex with you yeah like he 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 wants some more but at the same time if he's a child and is just like really pissed about it it's like you could literally go on instagram and see naked people almost or tumblr go to go to tumblr yeah there's just there's free shit for that all the time so it's like why are you even mad that this person's you know selectively emphasizing their time to just like knock it out get what they need done and then they're probably a much more happier person to you yeah exactly it's like you know self-pleasure is time alone just like self-pleasure is time in bed or self-pleasure is time making yourself food or anything like that it's you know a way of feeling good within a 20 minute span it's a natural high and you know sometimes it's better to be by yourself than have to deal with somebody else being there and stuff like that as well 
Uh, also, do you have anything to, to say on the whole masturbation porn thing? I already said what I had to say. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, but at the same time, like, I feel like it's important for couples to be comfortable even talking about the subject um, or even using it as an, as an opportunity to, you know, learn more about your partner's sexual desires and, you know, what you can experiment with and stuff like that. Would you ask for categories? Uh, yeah, I, I have before. If you reacted positively, you have before. I have. Oh, what, what's, can you give us a couple categories? No, I cannot. No, you cannot, <laughs> cannot disclose? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've definitely had, you know, I've dated girls that have watched porn and were open about it. And I think the best part about your question, Yonce, is you were open about it. You were honest about it. And that was something that, you know, is a big step. Obviously, he didn't retort with a, oh, I watch porn too. This is what I'm into. He was more like, fuck it, I'm out. And I think uh, we're all big advocates of like, if someone dodges your text that you know is looking for your text, they're pretty much a dickhead and probably, as you said, maybe very childish. I'm going to say too that if he's really going this opposite about it, then he's probably struggling with his own private sphere. Yeah. So there's something that either he's not accepting about himself that he's like, you know, like really insecure about. Because like, I, I mean, if... I feel like somebody reacts this this negatively towards it, then they have such a big part yeah. of that in their own life that they're just like too embarrassed to admit it, which is totally normal too. I feel like you should approach them and just be like, "Hey, like I understand this is an easy thing to talk about for me. Like I'm I'm open and honest, but that's not how it is for everybody. Some people get really defensive about it because they don't want to acknowledge it as a part of their life too." Yeah. Have Have you guys ever watched porn with a partner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you? I'm not. I have. A girl hey. that I have once dated and I had a favorite porn star together. Shouts out to Farrah Abraham. Actually, no, I'm just kidding. That's the teen mom. Oh, my gosh. What's the <laughs> Sorry, I listen to a lot of Kevin Smith podcasts. They love fucking making fun of Farrah Abraham. Uh, who's that girl? She's Middle Eastern. I don't know her fucking name. Who knows? Anyway, um, I'm going to cut that whole part out. <laughs> that was too good. I don't know. I don't know what her name is. Did you have a Hold Mia Khalifa. Mia Khalifa is her name. And she is Middle Eastern and very fine. And yeah, you know, put it on. You know, I don't know. I feel like I'm in like an orgy when porn's playing and I'm having sex. It's too many noises. Like, I like, you know, the one-on-one sounds. You say Mia, Mia Khalifa is Middle Eastern? Yeah, she's Middle Eastern. She's like Lebanese. Wow, she probably is, gets like... She gets death threats. Th- yeah, all yeah, the time. All the time. Damn. She gets like straight up like people send her like ISIS. She's like a target for ISIS for sure. I mean, how crazy is that to think Shouts that? out to like, ISIS. Just kidding. Like being... What, what is she, Lebanese? She's Lebanese, yeah. She's a from Lebanese. She's not from Lebanon. literally like, putting risk on your own life. Yeah. She has sex in burqas and stuff like that to get dudes off online. Yeah. She gets death threats, but she's literally one of the most popular porn stars in the the world. But yeah, we had a mutual bond over Mia Khalifa and, you know, it's pretty fun to always be like, I'm going to do some Mia Khalifa shit. And watching porn together or watching porn and bringing ideas into the bedroom, that's like going to a college class pretty much. You can find out some shit to do. So mm-hmm. shouts out to you, Yonce. Keep keep watching porn. Keep masturbating. Steven gives Papa Steve gives you his self help approval. Self help, self pleasure. It's all it's all fun as long as um, you're keeping it keeping it to yourself. Literally. Uh, you want to ask this question, Austin? This is a, a pretty easy question to, to toss out. Sure. So uh, the question comes from King of the North. The King of the North. Um, and the subject is, what character are you? Uh, they ask, I listened to the mix and I heard you guys talk Game of Thrones. If you were a character in the show, who would you be? Does anyone have a character off the top of their dome that they think that they would be? Can I say what characters I think you guys would be? I would love that. I think Austin is very similar to Littlefinger. 
Mm. He, he controls a lot of different groups of people, and he's very, not, I wouldn't say conniving, but he, you, do <laughs> plot, you do plot, like, yeah. you do plot, yeah. You're, you're, you're thinking the next step ahead of people sometimes, you know? It's important, yeah. So I think you're, you're a very, like, Littlefinger-esque character in my world of Game of Thrones. I dig it. And I think your bases are always covered, you know? Yeah. You, For the yeah. most part. Exactly. You, you know what's going on yeah. most yeah. of the time. And then Ben... I would say you're very reekish. I'm just kidding. <laughs> ah. um, I would say you're you're kind of uh, Jamie Lannister, very noble. You know, you kind of you kind of do maybe not what's best for you, but what's best for the people around you, and you care. Uh, you don't have a sister to fuck, but we'll leave that part out of it. <laughs> um, saving grace, saving grace, saving grace <laughs> your, your life. But yeah, I think that that's a great thing. I think you care about people close to you, and I think that you would do almost anything to provide for those people, whether it compromised you or your circle of friends. And I don't know who I would be. I don't know who you would be either. I don't know who I would be. I kind of like Varys. Like, I'm kind of <laughs> into the Varys idea. Um, I also think I, I loved Rob Stark, but only because I loved Rob Stark. But that's, you know, mm. shouts out to the King of the North. That, that is the true King of the North. That is the true King of the North. I, but yeah, I have no idea who I would be. That's my thing. I'm kind of like Podrick. You know what I mean? Podcast, <laughs> like podcast. You, you are like Podrick. Yeah. You know, loyal, just kind of come around and hang out. I try a little bit too hard, um, overthink a lot of things, and, you know, he had the best scene in Game of Thrones. He Tyrion paid four hookers to sleep with him, and then he comes back and gives them the money back because the hookers didn't want any money because of what he did. So shout out to Podrick. That's the best scene in the game. Tyrion Lannister, what did you do to them? (laughs) And all he does is shrug. Shout out to Podrick. We should have a Podrick segment of every show called Podcast. (laughs) He showed up. He was at the wall this week. Um, So yeah. That, that's a great question. Whoever that was, thank you for just stimulating some Game of Thrones talk. Have you guys... You guys are caught up, right? I haven't seen the latest. The latest episode? Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, it's it's great. The newest episode is, is really killer. I, I, I think we're really going to try hard on this to not spoil. spoil. No, no, we're not yeah, spoiling yeah, okay. anything. It's just... It's really... This is a really good season so far. Like, yeah. usually the first three episodes kind of slowly pace along and set up everything, but this is just bam, oh, bam, oh, bam, oh, bam. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it's it's killer. It's firing on all cylinders. So if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, we're not going to do anything to spoil it, but I would say definitely try to dive in, get into it. It's a great binge watch for sure. HBO Go is like eight bucks a month. And to be honest, I love oh, HBO 15. Go. 15? I just signed up uh, oh. a just to watch Game of Thrones. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, we watch Game of Thrones every Sunday. Yeah. Just share HBO again. No, I get it from another guy too. It's all shared. It's all public pool. HBO, do not find me. You don't know. Uh, Oh wait, hold on. Yeah, what do you think you are? Um, I'd go with Littlefinger. Littlefinger, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of you know knowing what's going on, being one step ahead of the game. Um, I don't know if you know what other people are doing, then you know what you can do. Yeah, plotting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to come out and just say it, but like, I, I think I'm Jon Snow. You think you're Jon Snow? I think I'm Jon Snow. Yeah, you know, you... I have, I have the curly hair. You do? I, I came in at a time that was kind of like... You used serious. to have very Jon Snow hair. I had the exact same hair. Like, we literally have the exact same hair. Interesting. I'm like the youngest kid with like really old parents. Not a bastard, but I'm yeah. like very off from the rest of the fam. True. Um, I'm very much like if I have an idea that I think is right, I'm going to keep doing it. True. And I might get killed for it. You have a lot of people that support you. I do have a lot of people that support me that are kind of like a ragtag group of like, you know, oddballs that are just like very intelligent and very brave people. Yeah. You know, I, I very much attract, I love those people. Yeah. You've killed a White Walker. 
I have. Yeah. That, that's an important part of who your life. Who do you think is the White Walker that I killed? <laughs> uh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Um, volleyball reference, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, John Smith, I'm honoring you that. You have a very loyal dog as well. I do. And Shouts I think that, Alec. like, the wall was, like, UCSB. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, very integral part of the UC system, but it was kind of like the, you know, it was the wall. See, I kind of describe UCSB as, like, north of the wall, filled with a lot of wildlings, you know what I mean? Hey. <laughs> hey. Santa Barbarians. Yep. Oh you love that, huh? I love that. <laughs> I love that. So the next person's question comes from somebody named Style, or, you know, that's pretty much the subject as well. It says girl style. So the message is, how important is a girl style to you? And generally, for the whole group and for everybody, the, the question is, how important of a component is somebody's style in the realm of attraction mm-hmm. for you? So for me, it's very important. I think how a girl dresses shows a lot about their character. It shows a lot about what they choose to spend money on. You know, girls be shopping. Mm-hmm. You know, the opposite sex or, or anybody that takes time to put effort and money into not their appearance, but how they like to present themselves is important to me. And most of the girls that I'm attracted to, it comes immediately from how they dress. Because, I don't know, I, I like I like a, hip, a hipper woman. I like a girl in a checkered dress, some dyed hair, maybe some eyebrows. Who knows? You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm into it. And their their bag I'm a big bag guy you've got to have some nice bags like if you're walking around and you're carrying a bag I want to see like maybe some variation and I'm also a big shoe guy if girls wear like new balances or anything like that I'm pretty much like oh fuck nice but yeah also you know shouts out to New Balance supporting the Jewish foot for 50 years great shoe company that's that's a true statement it's a true right story there. Larry David strictly only wears New Balances yeah yeah so you want to know why it's a wide foot it's a wide foot I have yeah. a wide foot I wouldn't yeah. have been able to go to Vietnam I could have been doing heroin, but they would not have let me go with the white foot. So yeah, but but that's me. I, I think I think a girl's style for me specifically is is important just because I think that's probably my top three things I'm attracted to: a nice smile, a nice laugh, and of course a sense of style. What about you, Ben? It's huge for me. Huge. It's yeah. a, it's a, almost like a necessity. Essential. Yeah, it's it's pretty much essential for me. But I mean, a lot of people will look at me and think that I have a kind of perceived sense of style. And I don't, like, put that on anybody else. Like, I just want the people that I'm around to have their own style. Yeah. And that's something that I really enjoy. Like, each one of the people, like, all, all my girlfriends throughout the years have been, they've all had, like, a very unique element of what their style is. Yeah. I actually remember at one point I was dating a girl who wore, like, it was, like, the double Hollister tank tops. And jeans. Like, and, like, American Apparel jeans and stuff. And I was just, like, she was so nice and she was so cool. So but, like, nice. Like, the the lack of style, I, I, I literally told my friends, too, I was like, she has no style. Like, I, like, I can't. I literally can't. Style so, is kind of like substance, almost, too. It Style, for me, is literally the first thing that you're putting out into the world for people to recognize who you are. Yeah. How you decide to clothe yourself is such, like, an important thing to me. And if, like... And it's the same thing, too. If you choose not to really put importance on it, that tells me a lot about your personality as well and, like, what you value. You can really see a lot into somebody by how they dress, what they choose to put on themselves, like, their overall, like, how they carry themselves. There's just so many context clues you can pick up from a person before you even see them 
or before you even get a chance to talk to them, I mean. Yeah, and coming uh, from San Francisco or just living in California in general, like, you know, a coastal city, we care about style a lot more than maybe mid-America or the flyover states, as people call them. Mm. Like, California, you want to represent yourself, just like you said, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, very... You could tell when someone's not from California pretty Mm -hmm. easily because (laughs) of how they dress. The Aeropostale, the Hollister, and stuff like that. And, you know... We like to wear a lot of, like, blanks or anything like that. Simple, simpler clothing, but comfortable as well. Yeah. It just, it, it means a lot to me because I choose to put a lot of importance on it for myself. So, I like to keep people around me that do the same. And if they don't, then, you know, like, I accept them for who they are. And I, and I expect that out of them after that. You know, I have a lot of friends from, especially Santa Barbara, that are, you know, like, that, that's just the ultimate, just, like, bumming it city. Yeah. Half of my friends don't wear shoes. Yeah, most people wear sweatpants, I can only imagine. Yeah, they just wear, they just wear like, trunks and Work shoes episodes. all day. I mean, no shoes. They, they, they walk, and the craziest part about, like, Santa Barbara Ivy culture is, like, there's broken glass, glass everywhere. everywhere. Broken and, glass everywhere. And they're literally like, oh, got a shard in there today, took it out, and they, like, sterilize it, and they're like, I'm good to go. Wildlings, dude, I'm telling you. Yeah. These people are wildlings. <laughs> Barbarians, <laughs> Barbarians, man. dude. Just tough feet. Yeah. What about you? Where does style play in, in the, the, the guy's sphere? I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted. Like, part of me, um, personally, like, I mean, I like to, you know, dress well. I like to look good. But another part of me wants to, you know, be inclusive to people from, you know, various different forms of economic backgrounds. Um, although style may represent somebody and, like, who they are, um, it also sometimes might not represent who somebody might want to be. Um, so even though you're looking at somebody, you know, for what they're giving you um, physically, that might not be like what they want to portray. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting coming from someone who I know has a reputation of can pull off anything. Mm-hmm. Like I literally brought that up today. I was like, "Do you, can I tell you a joke? I wanted to tweet this out actually. Go for it. Cool. So the tweet would have been, all my gay friends want me to wear skinny jeans, but I'm a straight guy. Like, straight jeans, get it? <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a pretty good tweet. Um, but yeah, and then I, uh, Courtney was like, oh, Austin should wear straight pants. And I was like, why? And she said, quote, unquote, because that guy can pull off anything. I could never. You could never? No, it's just too loose, too baggy. I, I love need it. I feel something wrapped around my legs. No, thank you. That's not, not my cup of tea. <laughs> I would also say, too, that I feel like some of the most stylish people are people who have come from low income and, like, pull off some shit that nobody would expect. You know, like, a lot of people with money are able to buy a lot of the same things that's available to people. Whereas some people that don't have a lot of money, like, they pull some shit out of... They make it work. Yeah, like, out of the graveyard, and it's just like, damn, and they just rock it. That's a huge part of style, too, is just, like, whatever you have on yourself, just own it. Yeah, people can sense when you're kind of uncomfortable. That's why when people like wear clothes that are outside their personality type, people understand because you're uncomfortable in your own skin at that time. And that's a huge part of this question is like who you're attracted to. I feel like you're really attracted to people who are comfortable in their own skin. If you're attracted to people that aren't, then I don't really know what you're going for there. But maybe you're trying to fix a broken. Yeah, but that's like yeah, interesting. That's not a good pathway to take. So let's let's go around the table real quick and say, is style important to you? Ben, you would say yes. 100%. I would say 100%. I would say no. No? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, good to know. Well, I'm glad that we can all uh, give our answers on that for sure. Yeah, snaps. You want to snap? You can snap. Hey. Cool. Uh, ben, how about you ask this question? I want to hear you read this question out loud. <laughs> yeah. 
So I just recently like told my mom that I do this podcast. So I really hope that she doesn't figure out how to find podcasts on her iPhone. But if she does, I'm sorry again, I guess. But anyways, sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. Uh, Stimulants in the bedroom is the title and the message reads, listen to the podcast every week. Curious to know what you guys think about stimulants in the bedroom. I recently have been seeing somebody who will ask us to stop having sex and use drugs. A small bump of coke, (laughs) smoke some pot, or even take two to three shots. I'm just a little concerned because I feel like I'm not enough. I don't think you should feel like you're not enough, but this guy's probably a jackass if I can just jump right in (laughs) with a hot take. First off, someone, you're having sex and you're going to stop to go and take two to three shots of alcohol. And what the hell is a small bump of cocaine? Is it a bump of cocaine? A bump of cocaine? I know that cocaine is defined by bump and line, right? And then ounce. So, I think... think, And eight ball. And eight ball. Yeah, exactly. Eight ball, too. So, I don't know. It's like, this this is so weird to me. I've, of course, you know, done the dark arts during intercourse or, like, taken a second to drink a glass of water, but to pound two to three shots of X alcohol like that is that is insane yeah it's like I don't mean to bring up Woody Allen again but in the movie Annie Hall he brings up why do you always have to smoke weed before we have sex and I've definitely dated girls that are like oh let's get fucked up before we have sex some of the best sex I've ever had is on wine shouts out to wine for sponsoring the podcast felt like a Greek god to be honest that was the only time I'd ever really drink in wine and it was like wow this is such an interesting high that I want to have sex on this all the time but I don't because sex is pretty chill as it is. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. if there's someone that's, I got to do blow, I got to smoke some pot, I got to take some shots, perhaps he's got a lot of other problems or she has a lot of other problems. Uh, I'm, I'm really conflicted about this. It's kind of like, I, I, I disagree with you said, what you said at the end, Stephen. Okay. Like, it, it can go either way. It's either you're not performing enough and you're totally right in feeling like you're not enough or maybe your partner is just looking for something that's not there or is used to something else with a different partner and it's kind of portraying yeah. it onto you so i mean i'm just going to answer this from a general standpoint and not a personal one and i just think that if you are using stimulants in the bedroom figure out whether that is one enjoyable to you and if it isn't then you should be able to open up a dialogue with your partner and figure out like hey are you looking for this to enhance what we're doing or is this a necessity to make happen what we're doing and i think that that kind of starts you off on the right foot yeah i I agree and also i want to propose this to you because a big part of the gay community in san francisco is like you will be very open about what you're looking for drug wise kind of when you're proposing to meeting up and stuff like that so so mm-hmm. as someone who's kind of in that culture of like you know poppers you've told me about poppers <laughs> we're picking up some poppers i don't know what the fuck that is <laughs> but i know i know people love it you know shouts out to growler so you got to let me know huh. like i don't know it's like you've been in that situation i've dated people that have been like i need to stop and take a moly bowl or whatever the fuck shoot me in the head but i'm talking about like actual drugs like cocaine that's insane I mean, I wouldn't say that, like, I've been in that situation, but I'm very knowledgeable of Yeah, that's what I... And I'm looking for that knowledge. ...situations. Um, But in in the gay community, there's this uh, thing called PNP. It's an acronym for partying and playing. And basically, from my understanding, is that you 
do hard drugs like meth specifically. Um, meth specifically? And, yeah. They call it Tina. Um, oh. And what it does is it just makes you last longer. Um, mm. So it like heightens your you know sexual senses and makes everything a little bit more pleasurable. Um, and you just last a little bit longer. Is it a form of or is it strictly? A form of what? Meth. Tina. Tina. No, yeah. Tina's just meth. <coughs> Interesting. <coughs> Interesting. literally never heard that. Never. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not in the we're not in the community. I know, but I've heard of it strictly through my bros. But what? So, but what about poppers? What are poppers? Can you explain that to, to the audience? Because I <laughs> yeah. still kind of don't understand. So, in the gay community, you have your active um, members and your more passive members. Um, poppers this is an inhalant that you sniff, um, which kind of opens up like your blood vessels and helps you relax a little bit more. Like your butt uh, for insertion. Like your butt? Um, yeah, to the <laughs> anus. <laughs> to the anus. Interesting. Yeah. Poppers. It does it, is it like, have you ever seen Inglorious Bastards? I know. I, I mean, I have, but I don't remember. It, like, is it like a huff? It's a huff thing, right? Yeah, you just like smell it. Oh, oh, interesting. It's not nitrous? I don't know what it is. It's some type of alcohol. Oh, it is um, alcohol. Like it's labeled. Um, oh, so it's like sniffing alcohol. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I know sniffing tobacco is a thing. That's what uh, a lot of people do in, like, the uh, Appalachian Mountains, yeah, as, like, an upper. Uppers and downers, too. I, I personally don't – I mean, I haven't really taken hard drugs and had sex, like, the occasional dark arts, some wine, some beer. Obviously, I'm a connoisseur of sex on beer, but, yeah, I don't know. I think if someone if someone is getting up in the middle of the act of sex to do something else to help them perform and or kind of, like – get more interested in the situation, there could probably be some, like, inner problems with that person or maybe the relationship. So, you know, if you've recently been dating this person and this kind of just popped up, my my advice from my side, if I were you, would be if you're comfortable with it, which it doesn't seem like you are, then I would at least bring it up to that person and ask why they're doing it or at least open, like Ben said, a dialogue. And Steve, I, I agree. I, I really think that the timing of this is kind of suspicious. If it's at the beginning and you want to like try the experience on a different item, then that makes a lot more sense than like right in the middle breaking focus and being like, yeah, I, I really want two shots right now. Yeah. So think about that. It's like, oh, let me go to the fridge, take out a shot glass. Not one, but two. Two, two <laughs> three. She three. says two to three. Just bah, bah, bah. And then that dude's jump. He or she is jumping immediately into bed. And is like, nah, I'm ready. It's like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. Let, let, let me ask. Have you guys ever done a three-rounder before? I've never had a three-way or a three-rounder. Three so you round, can talk to a me A three-rounder. Just, just having three shots lined up and you just go pow, pow, pow. And then take chaser. Oh, I thought you were about to say then so, take I mean, a partner. No. I mean, that's what I'm thinking about with this. And that's, like, really aggressive when you're even starting your night. To do that in the middle. Because I'm assuming that if you're getting to this point. Yeah. Like, you've already done some stuff during yeah. the day, during the night. So I'm not like, a Santa Barbarian. I've never done a three-rounder. A, three, a three-rounder was some, I will say, like, one of the best ways to start the night. Oh, interesting. In Santa Barbara. We should apply that to, to one of our, it, our nights. We're I mean, too old. I, or are we too no, old? no, no, no. Totally down. <laughs> okay. But just know what you're getting yourself into. All right. I mean, I it's, it's perfect for the days when you're literally working from, like, crack of dawn to the crack of evening, and you're just like, I just want to just let loose. Three-rounder, boom, you're in the zone. You're, like, 
flowing, ready in the mix, and then you kind of just go with the night. I challenge anybody listening to those podcasts to hit a three-rounder and listen to Xander Wave's mix at the end of the show. They're going to think it's the greatest show in the world. I hope so. Maybe that's what that dude's doing with three shots. He's going, pop, pop, pop. Woo! It's time to jump into bed. I wish we could get, like, a Ric Flair ad-lib, right? Yeah. Well, I think that was a great discussion, guys. Yeah, yeah. No, Um, I I love... Thank you guys so much for submitting questions, and we're going to dive into our own questions now. So, thank you guys. That was was a great couple of questions. I definitely had a lot of fun. I I, had been listening to a couple podcasts this week, and I I took a couple questions that were kind of consistent throughout. And they always ask the guest... um, What's your biggest fear for the future? Oh. I think that's a really important way that you look at the world. I mean, you can take that in any way that you want. So, Stephen, Austin, what do you guys consider your biggest fear for the future? Can you give us an example of yours first, and then we'll we'll kind of go into it? I really don't want to, because... You don't want any pre-notion. Exactly. I mean, you could take this in any sphere. You could take it politics, you can take it technology, you could take it health-wise, you could... You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, repeat your question. Biggest fear for the future? Yeah, my, your biggest fear for the future. I would say my biggest fear for the future would just be that state of unknowingness. Um, mm. I'm a guy who kind of likes to know everything. And, you know, I try my best to predict what's coming next. But sometimes, you know, things don't go out as planned. So, yeah, I would say just not knowing what's going to happen next. It's, that's it's a definitely a yeah, fresh out of college thing to yeah. feel, for sure. I don't know. For me, my, my like, future thing is I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to grow, if that makes any sense. Like, I really want to move out of the place that I'm at now. I really want to uh, start establishing my own life mm-hmm. and being able to buy things for myself and, and kind of create a home, right? And I think right now I'm so focused on supporting myself and spending money and maybe on things that aren't that logical that I'm limiting myself from being able to get out and start my biggest goal, which is making a sustainable home and life for myself that I would also love to welcome somebody into. As everyone knows, I'm a guy who is constantly searching for a relationship and like finds meaning in a lot of uh, time with other people. And I would love to be able to host people in a certain place and also feel like safe and comfortable. Like I'm afraid that I'm not going to feel comfortable soon. Like I keep feeling the sense of anxiety at work and, and in my personal life where I'm not sure if anything's permanent because a lot of things in my life before in the past like year haven't been. So I really want to feel safe. And that's something that I haven't really felt in a while. And I'm definitely starting to now, but that's, that's my biggest fear for sure. Love, love both those. Yeah. Both those. For me, my biggest fear, and I think it will always be my biggest fear is complacency. Hmm. I feel like there's a huge portion of our culture that really, just feeds complacency for a lot of people our age. You know, the reason why we're sitting on this podcast together is because we don't believe in that. Yeah. You know, we're very much questioning things. We're really challenging things, but I'd say that there's a good 80% of people our age that we don't even know about because they're just sitting at home watching Netflix. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I watched Snapchat just to jump in real quick. I don't know how people consume so much Netflix and like media and stuff like that. I don't have time. Like I barely have time to even watch Game of Thrones every week. Yeah. So it's crazy for me to know that people are just binging and binging and binging. Like that's not even a term that I use in my like day to day life because I just don't have time to do it. Yeah. I mean, when, when I say I binge something, it's like I had a free one free day Yeah. and I spent that day catching but up I'm on a series. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not that like I spent this entire week watching House of Cards, and I used all my time, and then afterwards I watched West Wing. 
Yeah. <laughs> That'd be an insane You know what I mean? And it's like, and I, and I always talk about this too, and it's so prevalent in like college culture, high school culture, just like fresh out of college culture is just like being okay with where you're at. And Steve, you kind of touched on that. Like you're like, you really want to grow out of where you're at. Yeah. And that's an important factor that not a lot of people our age have. Hmm. You know, you got to understand that just by having this mentality, we're already in the upper 50%. At least. That makes me feel good. Yeah. At least. I mean, I would even say 80, but I don't want to be too cocky about it. So I'd say at least (laughs) half the other people that our age are kind of just chilling. And especially, I mean, you're hearing it too. Like, a lot of people are moving home with their families. A lot of people are not getting jobs right away. And that's because we're we're pushing ourselves. So I, I, I always worry. Like, I'm always worrying about this. Because for the future, if people really don't care and they're just okay with where they're at, nothing changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this applies to all spheres. I could literally talk about this for like hours. <laughs> go for it. Like, like voting, right? Yeah. If people are just like okay with where they're at, they're not going to go out and vote. So it's like, how do you convince that person who literally just wants to hang out in their house yeah. to get out to the poll box? Or how do you convince that person to go outside their city to go see the forest and actually know what nature's like when they've been living in the city their whole life? It's just people are just totally okay with where they're at. And I'm just like, this is the biggest bullshit, the biggest fucking lie anybody's ever told. I kind of think that, especially for us, we get a, you know, in, in modern day society, we get such an insight into everybody's lives, whether it be like, oh, someone posts an Instagram picture once a week, someone tweets once every day, or someone posts a Snapchat every 30 minutes, right? Like, we know what everyone else from our past is doing, so mm-hmm. it kind of makes us reflective on how we're doing. So, like, I have a bunch of friends that still live in our hometown, and in kind of stuck in that realm because they maybe got out of college and are just working so hard that they don't have time for pleasure or Mm -hmm. anything like that. And, you know, I think, as you said, we are kind of in the upper percent of people that are pushing themselves hard and trying to make something work for us. And, you know, I, I see your, your point and I fear that as well. Yeah. It's just scary. It's scary thing too, because with, as technology advances, we have more choices, right? Yeah. And you're seeing like with with the prevalence of phones and iPhones and everything, like you really have a, a choice in what you feed yourself. So if you're feeding yourself all the same shit all the time, that just like encourages you to sit on your couch, you're going to keep feeding yourself that stuff. And you're really not going to have many other outlets that are telling you differently because you have such a choice to have what's, what's inbounding to you. Yeah. People just need to be a little bit more uh, thoughtful on that kind of stuff. I feel people just need to get the fuck out of where they are and go travel. Yeah. Straight up. Learn. Just be, like, just be uncomfortable for a couple of days. Just, yeah. That, that's it. Just, like, go to a different city, go to a different state, go to a different country, and just, like, be outside your element and, like, learn. That's why I love this podcast so much. Like, I guess the hardest part about this podcast is not looking shit up on the internet while we're talking. Yeah. I, like, I didn't know, like, what you're talking about with the... Uppers, poppers, and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, I want to know what the fuck this is. It'll take you straight to Christmas. You know what I mean? But, like, it's, like, it's having me circle my mind around like what do I think it is and like problem solving in my own head like part of me thinks it's okay to stay at home get comfortable if that's what you want to do do you um but another part of me you know in comparison with that also thinks that people manifest their own reality if you know getting out and exploring the world is what you're is what you intrinsically want to do then you're going to go out and you're going to do that Mm -hmm. um but if you know deep within yourself you know you generally just want to be stuck in one place you're going to be stuck in one place so i think it all goes back to general genuine wants and desires Mm -hmm. and whether or not you're willing to fulfill those totally true 
Great. I love that. I love all of our answers. And, you know, I just want to end this uh, question on one of my other biggest fears, which is I think we're going to run out of wine, guys. <laughs> um, so bring us more mead. Bring, bring us more mead. Someone. Where's Mike at? Anyway. Um, so this is the part of the show where we like to dive out of your guys' questions. Thank you, Ben, for asking that question. That was great. And, um, you know, we want to give everybody a chance to share something that helped them get through the week. So a recommendation, uh, mm. something that has benefited you or maybe even like just gave you an hour of solace or like comfort. So uh, does anyone want to just dive into that real quick? Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, go Um, for it. My best friend Johnny visited this past weekend. Um, His visit kind of got, um, kind of started on a rough start, but uh, we got through it, kind of redefined our friendship, established that we're going to be best friends for life. Bummer. <laughs> I'm sitting over here feeling like a dick. Yeah, come to a show with me, Steven. I've been to plenty of shows with you. I'm not considered a best friend. <laughs> You're a best friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. You I was digging for that one. You don't dance with I me. I dance, dude. You said, quote, unquote, you have good rhythm. That was a compliment. I don't remember. <laughs> well, I do. Okay? So thanks. But Johnny visited. Uh, it kind of, you know, brought me back up to 100%, and I'm stoked for him to be back this coming weekend. Yeah, and he's going to move back here, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. I yeah. mean, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm going to push those thoughts into the universe and hope that it comes comes true. Great. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ben? Any, um, any audio books for the, for the audience this week? No. Th- this week, actually, I, I flew down to Santa Barbara, and I had an hour on the plane. I, I flew to LAX and then went to Santa Barbara after that, but um, I had a full hour on the plane, and I just journaled on my phone. Oh, wow. Um, me and my girlfriend, we do distance, so, like, there's just a lot of shit that you all, you constantly have to work with, like, if you're listening and you're in a long-distance relationship, like, that shit's hard, no matter what, so you always gotta, like, come back together and, like, have checkpoints and just, like, make sure you guys are on the same page about stuff and spend a whole, like, the whole hour and a half on the plane just, like, writing out exactly what was going on in my head, and it was just, like, very much, like, a... Not a a come to Jesus moment, but just like a very much like self-reflective moment of like what I'm doing wrong, what I want better. So just take it, I guess, I guess my advice for getting through the week is just like take advantage of the times that you have and make them more. So if you have an hour on the bus commute, like use that more effectively than scrolling through Instagram, like challenge yourself for a little bit and like really do some soul searching or anything like that. Just writing in general. In response to you right there, I'm seeing a girl that lives like a mile away from me and I stress out enough about that. So the fact that you have to deal and, you know, I can only imagine what kind of thoughts could flow out of your head. A lot. A lot, yeah. Many. My recommendation for the week is I've, I've got a couple. I've been watching this movie called uh, Band of Robbers on Netflix. It's new on there. It's pretty cool. It has Hannibal Burris and a couple of other people, but it's like a modern day Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn uh, heist movie. It's got a lot of like Wes Anderson E like highlights to it, but it's a good watch. An hour and a half. I was definitely having a good time. I definitely recommend if you guys have not fucked with Little Yachty yet, jump on the Little Yachty Little Boat mixtape. It is beautiful. Seeing him and Young Thug tomorrow, which is why we aren't recording this podcast on a Wednesday as usual. But I'm so 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 excited for that. I'm gonna dance so hard even though I'm sick. But definitely check that out. And obviously, a lot of people just learned who Little Yachty is because of Chance's new album that came out, which is also great called Coloring Book or Three, as other people call it. I like to call it Three because it's great. Steve, I would love to transition into some on some real shit right now. Yeah, yeah, we didn't do on some real shit, so let's let's dive into it. I just want to jump in right there because my on some real shit this week yeah. was I'm now a Chance fan. Wow, really? I now a Chance fan? Yeah, I mean, I just really didn't give Acid Rap a real good listen. Oh man. 
I then, love that. And then this, I don't know whether it was like the availability of the album, but like, you know, there was a lot of people in my life telling me like, you should listen to Chance. I've seen Chance live and I loved him, but there just wasn't like a, I need to listen to him all the time type yeah. thing. And then Coloring Book came out and I haven't stopped playing it. Like, Views came out, I was loving it, and now I think I'm actually playing Coloring Book more. A little bit more lately. Wow. I, I really love it. I think it's awesome. I know you were really into the, like, the gospels kind of sound and um, soul sound, and I think that, that uh, you should really like spin it a couple more times because it really does have those great elements. And I'm a big Chance guy as well. So I, I have been since Acid Rap. I love every single track on that first uh, album. Even 10 Day. I was a guy who downloaded 10 Day within mm. the first like two months of it coming out. So I love everything. His samples from the originals to this album now, especially with a lot of like you know, Kanye West uh, guidance and a lot of uh, great features on the album, too. You can't really complain. And mm-hmm. it's definitely a hyper, hyper, hyper re-spinnable album. It's like you want to wake up and immediately play it. Mm-hmm. I, I just really agree with what you said. Like, like the gospel undertones in it. Like, yeah. I remember when Kanye was coming out of his album, he's like, this is a gospel album. And I was, like, really expecting a lot of elements in it. And there was some, but it wasn't enough. And I feel like that's why I got in Chance. And that's really weird, too. I feel like coming from, like, a Jewish background, like, I love gospel music, but I fucking love gospel music. Yeah. So, like, to get that in, like, Chance's music, I'm just down. Especially, like, since, like, obviously, like, his big staple that he did was Ultralight Beam this year, right? Like, that verse yeah. that he has, like, just like he says in the song, you know, Kanye said, do a good-ass job with Chance 3, um, gotta do something right to snatch the Grammy, and then, uh, you bar so hard, there ain't one that you can't tweet. And I think this album is really kind of a, a second coming of uh, the whole kind of life of Pablo. Like, his songs on this album are just, like, upper echelon produced. Donnie Trumpet kills that mm-hmm. first intro. is like, oh, my gosh. He's, he's, like, the most integral part of every Chance song that I look for is, like, his core group of people that he came up with together. Only independent artist ever to play on SNL. And, like, he's doing everything right. And you did hear that every single line from Chance's album has been tweeted, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Every, that every word has been on, is on the Twitter sphere. Yeah. It's 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 great. So shouts out to Chance and great on some real shit. I love I love I love that mentioning. Uh, Austin, do you have some on some real shit? I know I asked you to think of something. You could just say on some real shit. I love wine. On some real shit. I love wine. Shouts uh, out to wine. Also, stand on the right, walk on the left. Are you talking about walking in the street? Or escalators. escalators or airports. Airports. Or, you know, you get off Montgomery Park Station, there's like three people standing on both sides of the escalator trying to get up the stairs. I'm late. Yeah, people have places to go. I definitely... It's a frustration. I feel like when you see like a lot of people standing on the right and people walking on the left, why would you stop on the left and block the people who are walking up? True. Austin, I want to ask you this. When you're walking head on to somebody you know like when you're on the sidewalk and somebody's going the same exact way yeah do you step left or do you step right step right steven i go straight into him you just i'm the guy who's like i'm not gonna move like fuck you you step around me i step i mean it's the way traffic goes yeah or to be honest i pretend to cross him up but usually the right interesting we drive on the right side of the road yeah true i just am really fucked up in that i always go left and like go out of my way to go on the left side of people Interesting. You can always, like, point with your hands. I always point with my feet. Like, I, like, indicate, like, very hardly. Like, I'm going that way. And hopefully... <laughs> just a stopping they, point? Just, just Just a side note. My dad... my One of my dad's biggest dating advice tips is... Always walk on the outside of your significant. Always, like, 
kind of trying to protect them if that's a if that's a weird thing. Yeah, I'm walking yeah. on the side of the street. Yeah. So like if there's a car you're the first one to die. Or like, you know, or if, if there's a mugger yeah, or anything like that. So why yeah, would you really. be walking on the left side of the sidewalk? Yeah. Very so. true statement. Yeah. Very true statement. My on some real shit um is pretty much I want to ask you guys a question as on some real shit because this is something I've been thinking about recently. What is the best advice about relationships someone has ever given you? I'll start with mine. One of my biggest mentors in my life, Brian Patrick Murray, and I climbed to the top of a mountain once. We were backpacking with uh, another guy named Smithers, believe it or not, or at least that was his nickname, Smithers. And Mikhail Kroken? Mikhail Kroken. What? What? I know, right? No yeah, way. You went hiking with him? 100%. Him, Sock, Murray, Kyle, we've all gone, but it, this trip it was only wow. Smithers and Murray. Man, I really, I really hope that guy listens to this podcast. Like, I really appreciated that guy in high school. I love that guy. If that guy, I want, I'm, I'm gonna get in touch with that guy. Yeah, I love Smithers, and he asked Murray. He was like, you know, I just, I, I've been in high school. Like, I am a grown person at this point, which you know, none of us were then. But he was like, but I have never like been able to talk to girls or anything like that. Murray, as someone who everyone knows is like a ladies' man, what is your advice on relationships? And Murray looked at both of us, took a big, long breath, right? And keep in mind, we had hiked like eight miles that day. So mm-hmm. we were just like high on altitude. Yeah. And he looks at us both and goes, never let him know you care. And I literally stood up and walked away. I took like 20 minutes by myself because I was like, that was the best advice anyone has given me. Advice to this day I have never followed because I can't as like the kind of person I am. But that is like in my mind all the time. Like he, that was like the one the one piece of advice that, I, that sticks with me. It wouldn't be advice that somebody's given to me, but something that I've come to realize on my own. Um, but soulmates come in many different shapes and forms. Um, they won't always be romantic soulmates. You might have a music soulmate, like a video game soulmate, maybe even like a TV show or movie soulmate. Mm. And to not get settled down on, you know, being, being dumbed down on the fact that that person isn't my romantic soulmate. What about you? I'm, like, searching my brain for this right now because I'm just, like, I, I've been in relationships for so much of my life that it's, like, I, like, like the, the advice that I choose to take is very selective. But what about, not even advice, but what do you like to live by, even? Like, what advice can uh, you give to me? Like, that, what keeps you in your relationship now? What keeps me in my relationship now is always have someone that pushes you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I feel like you really got to understand what you need. So if you need somebody who's going to give you a basis, you know, a lot of people don't have like a, like a solid foundation underneath them. They need somebody to really like hold them up. And that's what you need in a partner. Hmm. And some people have a very solid basis and they need people to really pull themselves up. And I really feel like it's very rare to find a partner that does both. Yeah. Um, and my partner right now very much does that, does both for me. And that's why I feel very lucky to be in a relationship with her. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to Madison. She, she really, like, like, when I first moved out of San Francisco, I was so thrown off. I was so out of my element. I was so not, like, comfortable in where I was. And she took a lot of time out of her life to really come up here to San Francisco and, like, help me figure shit out. Now that shit's figured out, she's really, like, pushing me forward to be, like, all right, I know that you're not okay with where things are, where they at. So just, what's better? What's in front of you? Well, I'm glad you're still here. I know there's a point where you might have not still been up here, and I'm so glad that you are here and a part of our lives because I think it's important, and obviously it gives us a, a lot of love. Love. 
And shout out to Madison. Keeping it real. Yeah, Always. I mean, I mean, yeah. Find someone who keeps it real with you, too. Someone, like, keeps convincing you of your illusion, disillusions, then... That was a great question, Steve. I really like that question. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, let's dive into plugs. I mean, we might as well wrap this up and get into the mix. I know Xander Wave's got a fresh one for us, even though he's studying for finals hey. right now, literally trying to finish his final before tomorrow, and then he is done with school forever. Hey. He's still going to make us a fresh mix this week. I don't know how long it's going to be, but... Oh, Sam's done for school forever now? He's done for school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's graduating. So... Definitely stoked for him, and he's still putting the time in for the podcast, although he's not here today, so shouts out to Taco Boy. And, yeah, let's plug it up. You can always follow the podcast at TBFT Podcast on Twitter. You can always submit questions and feedback at twobrokefortherapy.com under the Submit a Question tab, as well as find old episodes. You can follow me at Stephen Baker 8 on Twitter, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Baker is in the profession. 8 is in the number. And I never plug my Instagram, but you can follow me at Dat McFly, which is D-A-T, like that, but Dat, <laughs> McFly. And Ben, go for it. Plug it up. Uh, been tweeting a little bit more lately, so hit me up at Benjamin Simons. Last name spelled S-I-M-O-N-S, one M. My Insta is Benesey, like Hennessy, but with a B. Okay. B-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y underscore because Benesey without the underscore was already taken. Oh, wow. I'm going to find that fool. I'm yeah, you got to buy it. I got to buy it. I got to get that. Just think about how much of a lucrative industry that would be. Yeah. Just like getting names for you back. Yeah. Anyways. Andre Iguodala has the Twitter handle at, at Andre. Andre. Yeah. Which is like amazing. Well, if I was at Steven, I'd be fucking the king, yeah. of, king of the world. Yeah. You can catch the nip slips on Instagram <laughs> uh, at Austin Gnarly. That's Austin, the name, Gnarly, G N A R L E Y. Or uh, follow me on Instagram at Austianity. Yeah. Yeah. Austianity. <laughs> yeah. Like like Christianity, but Austin. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You, you gotta spell that for me. That's A U S T I A N I T Y. And just to plug it up again, May 28th, Saturday, 7.30 to 11 o'clock, Music City in San Francisco. My birthday, Xander Wave in the mix. It's going to be a great fucking time. A lot of people are going to be there. Come mix it up, meet some new people, dance with your boys, and watch us just make fools of ourselves because that's the only thing I want to do for my birthday. Mm -hmm. And shouts out to Xander Wave. You can follow him on SoundCloud. SoundCloud? At soundcloud.com slash Xander Wave. X-A-N-D-E-R. W A V no dot no and dot. then Twitter at X A N D E R W A V no dot and always guys subscribe rate review tell a friend we love it thank you guys so much for getting us to this goal it's incredible my biggest on some real shit is thank you guys so much like fuck I'm so happy we hit like, a fucking thousand people this yeah is crazy. like it's I'm talking to maybe that amount of people every week, and it's kind of a, a crazy thing to happen so quick. So I love you guys. Thank you. You're an amazing group of listeners, and please submit more questions. We want more weird questions. We've got a lot of them this week that I was really stoked to answer, so I want some more. And you can always do that at TubeRoadForTherapy.com. And guys, remember, as a last note, we are not therapists, so do not take our word for it. We aren't. Why do you guys always think that we are? <laughs> You guys gotta start drinking more wine. You'll just kind of open up. You know, the wine is helping us. I need a place to stay.
about you. My heart it beats and beats for you. Your words just can't they can't explain it. The way you got me feeling times away. Going down south to Atlanta with your sister, and I'll fly you myself. If I have to, girl, I never seen a beauty queen black. Model five foot seven, I want you right now. Tell me what you really want to say. Tell me what you really want to Blacker the berry, blacker the watch. I wanna have you and beat up the bumps. Blacker the women, blacker the roots. Black on black making me shoot like black and juice. African model, my baby girl, yeah. Rocking the golden blue is the song, yeah. Me and you, baby, we could have worked out, but you would rather move and do you and be a good girl. Fine as fuck, I don't lie. Say you don't know, just say you don't mind. Just want a piece of you and your mind. I don't give a fuck, just want to call your mind. Bang on you and you and your dice. Don't, don't run away from your heart. It was you, you and me from the start. Just hold on and baby, please. Tell me what you really want to say. Yeah.
Last note, what do you guys think of the new Instagram update? I was with an Instagram employee this weekend and complained to her for like two minutes, but I don't really give a fuck because in two weeks no one's going to give a shit. I really feel so indifferent to it that I, It doesn't matter. It, it, yeah, it did not impact my everyday life. People are so heated, and it's just like when Facebook updates or Twitter updates, it's just like two weeks no one's going to notice. It's so integrated. It's just like, fuck, I'm still going to use it. It's like, yeah. oh, dude, someone made heroin a little bit more heroiny. It's like, sick, I'm still going to do some heroin. Dope. Shouts out to heroin. I don't do it, but fuck. <laughs> anyway, that will be the after credits. <laughs> this has been uh, Too Broke for Therapy. We're not therapists. Uh, drink more wine and drink Dr. Pepper. It's spice and it's nice. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Dude, John Snow's back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What?